Here's what's coming up on today's show. But understand, more importantly, is when this all falls apart and they take the chair away during the musical chairs and the market drops, you're not going to feel the impact nearly as much as a lot of other people that might be a little too far over their skis. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Welcome into another edition of Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself to talk investing, finance, retirement. And we're going to do a two-parter of this podcast, the next two podcasts, actually. We're going to do a podcast called Should an Advisor Tailor a Plan to Fit Your Personality? And we're going to break that up into two. We got four personality types uh, on this session. And then in a couple of weeks uh, later in March, we'll drop the other four. So that is going to be the uh, the podcast for the next couple of weeks. should be fun. We've got some interesting things in there I think everybody will enjoy. And, of course, as always, we'll get into some other things, email questions and the like. But for now, let's say hey to Mike. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing excellent. Spring has sprung, and March Madness is right around the corner. So yeah. exciting times ahead. Yeah, it is, uh, unless you don't like basketball. And then you're like, it's always <laughs> on TV. So <laughs> it's, it's always something. Hey, you said spring is, is uh, sprung. So real quick, since it's a, a good seasonal kind of thing to think about, you know, we start to declutter, air out the house, right, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what about finance? Uh, any kind of quick things, little tips maybe we can do before we get into the main topic on uh, spring cleaning? Yeah, absolutely. We, we like to talk with clients when we do kind of our, you know, kick off the year reviews in February and March and early April with clients on looking back at last year. And then also kind of, you know, what we think, uh, you know, the outlook of the economy and everything going forward is we like to do a little spring cleaning on their side, too, which is, you know, do we need to consolidate some accounts? You know, let's do our portfolio reviews. But even simple things like, you know, let's use this the spring cleaning as a way to just verify that nothing's changed in our life for our beneficiaries. We don't need any estate planning updates. And even with a lot of our clients being either approaching retirement, already in retirement, it's just a big review of their expenses, right? Did everything go with inflation being higher? Did everything go the way we have planned? Is our cash flow good enough? So it's just a really great way to kind of get our hands around everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not hard to do, right? And you could kind of get some tips and pointers, lots of uh, ways to kind of get that uh, financial spring cleaning underway. So certainly something to add to the list. And maybe it's a good idea to do that, Mike, if you're one of our personality types. So with this main topic today on the podcast, do you think that's a good idea to tailor a strategy and a plan to the individual's personality, the individual's need? I know you do. It's kind of rhetorical, but I'm just going to ask. Yeah, when it comes to the personality side, because, you know, we're all very unique, you know, as humans and and some people are more aggressive, some are more conservative. And a lot of times it has to do with your past experiences that have kind of formed that as well. So for us, as we always say, you know, we can come up with what we believe is the best plan. But the reality is the best plan is the one that you're going to stick to over time. Yeah. So, you know, in some in some respects, it is tailoring it a little bit to their personality just so they don't make some bad decisions at the wrong times. Okay. Well, let's discuss those pros and cons on different approaches for different personality types. And um, we've kind of labeled them with some various names here. So no offense to anyone if you are one of these and you don't like the labeling of the name. But uh, it's just to kind of illustrate the idea behind the the personality type that you might have. And you might have more than one of these. You might have a couple of these where you feel like you could identify in a diff- couple of different categories. Uh, and certainly as a married couple, you may find that, and I'm sure, Mike, you see that a lot, where one is one type and the other is another type. So 
Uh, let's jump in. Like I said, we're going to do four on this episode, and then in a couple of weeks, we'll do the other four. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcasting platform app you like so you can catch both episodes, as well as check out past episodes and new ones as they come out. And you can find all that information online at crystallaketax.com or just type in Retirement Success Blueprint in whatever podcasting app you like, like Apple, Google, Spotify, for example. All right, so the first one, Mike, is that victim personality. That's the person that's been burned by something. Uh, obviously, the lot of it we saw back after 08, right? They're just too afraid to get back in the market, or maybe it was bad advice. Could be anything, right? But basically, they're distrusting. Yeah, the victim personality, you know, and I don't necessarily know if I would agree with the victim, you know, as as the actual phrase for it, but I, I just think it's they're leery, right? They've, as you mentioned, they've been burned in the past, and a lot of times it's either burned by taking on too much risk, and all of a sudden, you know, things were going great until they weren't. It's the, you know, the leery of the fact that, hey, I talked to an advisor one time and all they did was try to sell me something. So I'm not really comfortable with, you know, the way the industry works, so to speak, you know, which is unfortunate. Or it's, you know, I took some advice from this person in the past and it just didn't turn out the way that I was expected. So I think the, the, the victim side of it is, isn't that they feel like a victim? They just feel like maybe they were taken advantage of or they weren't armed with enough information to make actually good financial choices for them. So how yeah. we deal with that with clients is truly just in our initial meeting is, you know, what are, what are our goals? What are we trying to do? What resources do you have now? Where do you want to get to? So then just try to identify those gaps in between and then also just be kind of fully transparent on this is what it looks like good and bad on a going forward basis. There's trade-offs on everything, but I think Mm -hmm. that a good advisor, a good fiduciary advisor is going to lay those out in advance so that all of a sudden you don't get surprises down the road if the market rolls over, tax rates increase, or, you know, it just takes a lot of the potential regret and uncertainty out of those future decisions. Yeah, and I agree with you. Certainly a phrase that is overused nowadays in a lot of forms, but it could certainly be one of your own doing, right? Many times we are, what is it, the victim of our own personality or victim of our own circumstance, right? Sometimes we create these things because we maybe we know we make bad decisions, and so therefore we get leery (laughs) of our own decision-making, right? So lots of ways you could kind of look at that one. Uh, The second one is the overanalyzer. Um, this one is certainly a lot of people. And again, you could have multiples of these because maybe sometimes you creep in. You're not always an overanalyzer, but maybe in certain things you are right in life. And obviously, this is this is pretty clear, right? This is that person who just doesn't do anything because they just think it through way too much. Like they spend way too much time thinking about every little, you know, nut and bolt, so to speak. Yeah, we see this come in two different ways. Uh, one is going to be our more engineer types, you know, where they're working out their own spreadsheets and what if analysis and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, we've got our own reporting and things that we're going to show, but then they'll come in and be like, hey, I've tested this six ways to Tuesday, you know, on, the, on <laughs> all the different outcomes. But what it's going to do is it's going to paralyze them to not make a decision, even a decision that's in their best interest, because they, they just always feel they need more. I need more data. I need more information. Yeah. I need more. When in reality, what you need to do is declutter that a little bit and then say, OK, based on what I'm trying to accomplish, does this get me closer to my goal or is it pulling me further behind? So you're not just lost in all the data. This The second way, and this is if you're more non-technical, which is most people, you're non-technical is that it's just fear of making a wrong decision. So they're overanalyzing all the what ifs, what could go wrong, what, you know, what could go right. And then the way we kind of bring that back into force a little bit is saying, 
All right, well, let's look at our opportunity cost, right? So if we don't make changes, if we don't move forward with whatever it is we're talking about, this could be a tax topic, estate planning, investments, whatever it is, anything on the financial planning spectrum, then what's the potential outcome? What's the worst thing that could happen if we make this decision? And then also kind of on the other side of the ledger is, or what happens if we don't? Yeah. And a lot of times the worst case scenario isn't so bad, but missing out on whatever opportunity or whatever level of protection that we're talking about, that overanalyzing just now kind of puts it in perspective of saying, yeah, I guess I'm letting the fear get the best of me instead of just moving forward you know, incrementally towards progress. Yeah, you know, you may have heard that phrase, folks, uh, paralysis by analysis. And it's that same thing, you know, that can be applied to lots of stuff. Like lately, I've been trying to find, you know, the right um, new part for my classic car, Mike. And I, I just look through part after part after part. Can't make a decision, right? Because I'm, I'm overanalyzing it. Well, what about this? And what about that? So it's easy to kind of get lost. And I feel like a lot of times an advisor can really bring that uh, sounding board mentality in there to say, okay, bounce off of me what you're thinking. Let's talk it through. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So number three, the do-it-yourselfer. Lots of us have been in this category, especially, I don't know, last decade. It's been pretty easy in a lot of ways, Mike, because the market's been very favorable up until, you know, obviously 22. Uh, and so the do-it-yourselfer might might have found it kind of easy once upon a time, but maybe now it's getting a little tougher. Yeah, that happens quite often with the do-it-yourselfers. And, you know, it's less the feeling of their own lack of competence. Although that, when especially when we start talking about what a real financial plan looks like, yeah. uh, that definitely may, you know becomes obvious. But more importantly is, and you alluded to it, with the exception of going into 2022, we had a 12-year bull market run off of the 09 lows, right off the great financial crisis, where the stock market, everybody says, you know, well, what should the market do over the long time? Everybody says, oh, well, historic average is about 10%. Well, we averaged over 15% well over the last decade plus. So what happened is a lot of your do-it-yourselfers, a lot of people that, you know, started, you know, investing in some stocks and things on their own, or they rolled over their 401k or even just managed their own work retirement plans and that, they're like, this is easy. I'm a, I'm amazing, you know, just because I got a 25% return and a 15% return. And really with the exception of maybe <laughs> one year, you know, one or two years in that 12-year span, Everything went straight up. So yeah. all of a sudden, they're they very overconfident in their own abilities rather than just realizing everybody's a genius in a bull market, right? Everybody does good. And when we talk of that, you know, during that bull run, we had talked to our clients like, oh, thanks, Mike, 24%, 16%. Oh, this is great. I said, understand, I'm not doing it, right? It's the market. It's just the, the tide going up. And that, so everything's going up. Now, we have you allocated to, to take the risk that achieves your goals, and that's why we're getting these type of returns that are in, in exceeding what, you know, what we laid out as an expectation. But understand, more importantly, is when this all falls apart and they take the chair away during the musical chairs and the market drops, you're not going to feel the impact nearly as much as a lot of other people that might be a little too far over their skis. And that, that's kind of important because what, what people forget as you get closer to retirement, you know, within about five or 10 years of retirement or definitely knocking on the door of retirement or in retirement is that losses hurt you more than gains help you. And what I mean by that is, let's say you've got, you know, a million dollars saved up for retirement. You're within about a year of retirement. You're kind of eyeing that, you know, kind of what you want to do, how much income you need, all these kind of things. And then we say, okay, but I'm going to be, you know, pedal to the floor, stay aggressive. And okay, market goes up 20%. I'm going to get all that. So I made an extra 20%. 
Well, your lifestyle in retirement is probably not going to be too much difference whether you had a million or a million two. You know, it's great to have more. We all want more, but you're not going to go out and buy an extra car or boat just because you got a little bit extra money. Mm-hmm. But if that, but if that same twenty percent gain became a twenty percent loss the year before you retired, and a lot of people who were looking to retire in 2022 that were a little too aggressive, now that million is down to eight hundred thousand. That will change the quality of life you have in retirement, the amount of income you can get off your portfolio in retirement. So a lot of your do-it-yourselfers have kind of had this come-to-Jesus moment in the past 12 to 18 months of being like, oh, I guess it doesn't only go up. I guess it's not always that easy. And then when we start layering in things like real financial conversations that aren't just about what's the market doing on a daily basis, like how are we operating more tax efficiently? Do we have our estate plan in place? Where's our income coming from in good markets and bad? Then all of a sudden, you know, the eyes get big and be like, holy cow, I didn't realize there was that much more to this conversation. And what you were talking about there and describing, Mike, is sequence of return risk, correct? Correct. Yeah. You can't control that. But, you know, if it happens, you know, early in retirement, it can devastate your entire retirement. Yeah. And you may have heard that phrase before, folks, and that's that's what it is. So it's where, you know, earlier on, as Mike just alluded to, it can be more problematic. So and that's what many do it yourselfers find or to your other point, it's it's all the market, market, market. But then it's like you get a little closer to retirement. You go, oh, wait a minute. I got to start thinking about Social Security and how it might affect these other things. And what am I going to do about this and how this affects that? So all those other pieces come in. And that's where many do-it-yourselfers start to find that uh, maybe I could use some help after all. All right. So that's number three. Number four is the ostrich. And this is kind of like the overanalyzer, I guess. Maybe it's another component to it. You know, there's tons of stuff out there. It's not your bag. You don't, you know, whatever. You're trying to look through the information. You get confused. It just bothers you. So you just stick your head in the sand and do nothing. Yeah. This is somebody who basically just doesn't want to face whatever's going on, whether it's good or bad. Right. But especially when things are a little, little rough, like they've been for the past year or so, is they just don't want to face it. So they just kind of put their head in the sand and say, hey, I hope it all works out at the end. But as we talk about, you know, every time we do the show, hope isn't a strategy, you know, especially for retirement because you don't get a do over. And that's really a function of really two things. One is human nature. It's a lot easier for people to do nothing than to actually kind of take the bull by the horns (laughs) and be like, I've got to actually get involved in this. This is my life. This is the quality of life in retirement for my family. And, you know, I need to protect what I have, plus make sure my money lasts as long as I do. It's a lot easier to be like, well, I think it's okay. I'm just not going to pay attention. I mean, it's, I can't tell you how many times in the 23 years that I've been a financial planner, especially when the market's down, uh, you know, like 2022 or could be 2020 or 2008 or 2000, where all of a sudden prospective clients have come in And then, you know, we'll start talking about their investments and things, and they will turn around and be like, oh, here's my accounts. And they're sliding envelopes across the table, unopened envelopes. Right. And I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, are those your statements? I'm like, yeah, I've I've been afraid to look. I I haven't looked at them in the last six months. Yeah. Yeah, And that's that's great if that would cause them to make a a knee-jerk, you know, bad decision or something. But at the same time, that's just burying your head in the sand, just basically saying, you know, I don't think anything's going to, you know, I I don't want to even see it. Well, that's not really the way to manage it, right? And the second thing is recency bias. As we talked about on the prior topic for the do-it-yourselfers, when the market's gone straight up, you just think it's always going to go straight up. So if it went up last year or the last five years or for the last five years, well, guess what? That's what your expectation is going forward. So you never actually pull your head out of the sand and say, hey, maybe I should take a look at this, take a little risk off the table. Maybe mm-hmm. that made sense for me three years ago, but it doesn't make sense for me now. You know, and that's another example of the the ostrich. Yeah, and it's easy to do, right? A lot of us just 
especially when we feel like the opposite of the do-it-yourself or what it is complicated, right? Where many of us are just, like I said before, we don't finance or math or whatever. It just intimidates us. And so it's easy for a lot of folks in that category to ignore it. Or or even the, well, my parents, I don't think my parents did a lot of planning and they they were okay. You know what I mean? So you just kind of let it ride. And it's like, well, your parents may have had a pension too. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's one piece of that. So anyway, that's the first four of the personality types. Uh, are you one of these? Is your spouse? one of these, right? Are the two of you make up two different kinds. And we're going to talk a little bit about that on the next podcast as well. So if you've got some questions about personality types and having a strategy that's right for you and not just kind of a cookie cutter that gets slid across the table to every 20 people that walk in the door, then sit down with a qualified professional like Mike and get your own retirement success blueprint uh, for your unique situation. You can find all that information online to get started complimentary at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. If you're not already uh, working with it, then certainly consider stopping by the website. And while you're there, drop us a line if you'd like. We do email questions from time to time here on the show. And we're going to wrap it up as we usually do with Claire in St. Charles this week. She says, Mike, I'm supposed to retire next month, but I haven't done any planning yet. Uh, I just realized that I still need to figure out Social Security, pension options, Medicare options, as well as I just what I want to do with my time. Maybe I should push my retirement uh, date back until I figure this out. Sounds like she was one of the do-it-yourselfers. Yeah, it, it does. It seems like you know she's probably been a diligent saver. So Claire, you've probably been a diligent saver over the years. You think that you have enough, uh, you know, thinking you have enough, and if you do, it's a little bit more complicated than just thinking about it. So yeah. you know, anytime, and this even goes back to those four personality types that we talked about earlier. Is how do you? You know, Claire, know that you're ready for retirement and even taking a look at the victim, the overanalyzer, the do-it-yourself or the ostrich, oh, and all those things. Yeah. She might have been an ostrich. Yeah. 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 True. Maybe a combination of both, right? Yeah, but right. It, it, the best way to do it is have a real financial plan. So, Claire, the, you know, what I don't think you necessarily need to push back your date for retirement. You just need to get your arms around it a little bit. And so we call ours, our proprietary planning process is called the Retirement Success Blueprint. That's why we named the show that as well. And what that is, is it's got five components for you. The first thing is, where's your income coming from in retirement? You know, so you may have amassed X amount of dollars, but how much income can you get from that without worrying about spending through it? In my book, I call it eat the eggs, not the chickens. The second part of it is how much risk, not did you take, but should you take going forward, given the goals and the income needs you have? Third, how do you legally pay the least amount of taxes, not only this year, but over your lifetime? Fourth, if you had a healthcare event, Claire, you didn't mention if you're married or you're not married, but if you or your spouse, if you're married, you know, needed assisted home health care or had to go to assisted living facility, how would you pay for that without compromising the lifestyle of the surviving spouse? And fifth, do you have all your estate planning in place? If you have answers to all five of those components, now you go into retirement, Claire, with confidence clarity, you know, where your income's coming from, you're not paying too much in taxes, you're not taking too much risk. God forbid something bad happened, either healthcare or state-wise, you got things in place. That's how you retire with confidence. Unfortunately, what most people have is what we always refer to as a financial junk drawer. They just been sold stocks and bonds and annuities and life insurance over their lifetime. And now they get to retirement and they're like, I got all this stuff, but I have no idea when I should take social security or what my pension options are, or what do I do for Medicare? Or if I'm retiring before 65, how do I bridge health insurance? 
That's why you need a real retirement plan. We call ours a retirement success blueprint. Claire, we'd be happy to put together one for you just to give you confidence that this upcoming retirement, you're armed with all the information that you need. So you're making good choices going forward for you and your family. Yeah, a lot of great information right there, Claire. And I would definitely say based on the way you wrote this email is that it falls into that category of you might be okay to Mike's point. But how do you know if you don't sit down and run through it and get it all put together so you know what it is that you got? Uh, and that's uh, getting that arms around us that uh, Mike was talking about. So reach out to him, have a conversation. Obviously, the team is going to reach out to you since you, uh, you sent an email in. But for other folks who might be in a similar situation, again, you can find them online at crystallaketax.com. That is crystallaketax.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform you like to use so you can catch future episodes like the next one we're going to do, which is the other half of this conversation and the other half of the personality types. Mike, thanks for hanging out, buddy. As always, I appreciate you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you around the corner. Thanks. We'll see you next time right here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.